You are listening to the Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guider. Guider provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guider.legal and enjoy the show. and welcome to the Legal Community Podcast. I'm Lisa Rozier, joined with Dave Zampano and Guy Riemann. And today we have special guest, Dale Walls from Lion's Guide. Dale, welcome to the podcast. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Because I had the opportunity to chat with Dale Guy and I had a tethering chat chat with him in the past and just love speaking to this, this really brilliant guy. Dale, if you could just spend two minutes, you're an executive coaching and leadership. And there's so much when you go to lionsguide.com, I think it is, you can see all the wonderful things you do, but you've got a great story. Can you just take a minute or two just to tell your story about how you got where you are in, in your journey? Because I think it, it's compelling. Yeah. For me, my story starts, unfortunately, from a broken home. My dad was gone when I was in the second grade and my mom had me young. She gave birth to me and she was 17. So she was a young single mom, and which put us living at my grandmother's house. Yeah, my grandfather was incapacitated from a stroke that he had had when I was young. So I was living in this environment that was just tough. I, I actually, in the beginning stages until my grandfather passed, shared a bed with my mom in the attic of my grandmother's house, basically. Once my grandfather passed, I lived up there myself. And so I kind of lived that journey. Like I didn't have much purpose. It didn't have a whole lot going for me. Didn't care about much. And then when I was 17, you know, I got in a fist fight. I came home and just, if you can imagine my grandmother, you know, she's probably in her seventies at the time. And here comes this teenager walking a house, just covered in blood and just WTF happened type of conversations ensue from there. But I was in the hospital getting stitched up and, you know, I could see the hurt on my mom's face kind of. So it was the first bit of awareness, I guess, that I recognized that it wasn't just about me. I was hurting those around me as well that were working so hard to try to provide for me. And I landed in uh, Boy State which is put on by the American Legion and and run by Marines, which introduced me to the military, which I didn't know much of anything about yet at all. I thought everything was army, whatever GI Joe taught me back in the eighties. And I just kind of found a path and I took it and I joined the Marine Corps and just started siding with my potential and uh, got promoted really quick, found a life of leadership and high performance that really I wasn't exposed to before then. My job in the Marine Corps was to set up IT networks. So early, late nineties, early 2000s, I'm there doing everything IT. Back when IT guys were supposed to know everything, that's when I was getting trained to be an IT guy. So I can I can pull fiber, I can build web servers and everything in between. And that put me in a unique position because broadband was becoming accessible. Microsoft was coming out with products such as Microsoft Small Business Server, which was bringing enterprise class technologies to the small business and making them more capable. And I found myself in networking conversations. They'd find out you're the IT guy, just like when they find out you're a doctor and they go, hey, doc, you know, my shoulder. I was getting the, hey, oh, you're an IT guy? Why doesn't my, and I'll date myself here, why doesn't my BlackBerry calendar look like my desktop calendar? And I would do a little magic, then I'm a hero. And I was like, wow, I really enjoyed doing that. EAS Dallas Marine Corps started a company, grew it to about 200 people, sold it. Here I am today trying to help other you know, high-performing leaders. Love that. Just love that story. And here's, here's a great question I just had for, you know, you work with a lot of 
high-level executives and those entry-level executives that want to become high-performing executives. As you look back over the different executives you work with, now our audience, we're the legal community podcast, so lawyers, in essence, don't see themselves as executives many times, but they need to. They need to start seeing themselves as a leader and executive. What would you say are the qualifying differences between those people you've coached over the years that just really did exceptionally well and those that really struggled? It's funny, you know, when I first started doing this, I realized real quick that I didn't want to do business coaching, right? So, because right away people were calling me going, Hey, show me how you did it. And, and I, I did a little bit of business coaching and I realized instantaneous, probably with the first client that I entertained with that, is that it's, it's nothing to do with the business. It's all about the leader in charge and their ability to be a high performer. And I think the difference is really those who recognize that, hey, I need to be better. Like my business is only going to grow as much as I'm willing to grow. And I feel whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or a solopreneur or a business owner, and now you've got people working for you, or even an organizational leader, you've got to adopt a high performance mindset. And that comes with checking your ego and recognizing that you should be in a constant growth mindset, always seeking self-improvement. How can I be better? What's working? What's not working? Just so you can answer the question that this is working. Okay. How do we maintain that? Okay. This is not working. What can we be doing differently? So, so you've got to adopt this mindset of growth if you want to thrive. The victim mentality and it's everyone else. It's not me. Like it doesn't work. In fact, I, I don't work well with those clients because I can't help you. Right. If you, if you know all the answers and it's everyone else's fault. Well, I got to go work with everyone else because you got it. You know, So those who say, hey, I want to be better and I want someone to help me grow, that, that's where I step in and, and help those guys. It goes back to your story, Dale, where you, you kind of touched on recognizing when you affected other people adversely, having that self-awareness, your actions have an effect on other people. And I think that's a, a really, really important point from a a leadership point of view. And, you know, I've got, I have got one question. So I, I'm, I'm also a self-confessed geek. I also get asked the same questions as you about the, the BlackBerry calendar and the desktop calendar and why they can't sync and, and so on. And I'm probably not quite as good at you as you are at doing that. But you're in a unique position in the fact that you understand leadership. You built very quickly a big company, 400 people. Uh, you sold it. You, you obviously a natural leader in the way that the army kind of recognized that and, and took you through the ranks very quickly. But you're also a techie, right? And and that's quite an unusual combination, I think. The stereotype, certainly the some of the engineers that, that I work with, the, the stuff you see on TV, the, there's elements of truth in that kind of thing. They're not necessarily, a high percentage of them are not natural leaders and, and social beasts and, and so on. So from a leadership point of view, yeah, I, I guess the question I've got is, how, with your other hat on as well, how technology affects leadership and how a good leader can use technology to get a competitive edge and really advance their company? Ooh, yeah. So I think to start with leadership, and you pointed out something that I just want to call out for those that are taking leadership roles is leaders set the example, right? They're leading us directly by giving us our directives and, and casting the vision and so on, so on. And they're also leading us through their influence, setting that example. And another big aspect of leadership is communication. So this is where technology comes in that you can really take the opportunity and scale your ability to communicate. In the military, we call it commander's intent, right? And we want to make sure that the commander's intent is set so that the, the troops, so to speak, understand at least 
directionally accurate of what we're trying to get accomplished. So I think today with regard to technology, you know, as leaders, we've got the ability to reach our teams better than we ever could, right? It's not that game of telephone where the general tells the colonels, who tell the captains, who tell the staff sergeants, right? There, there's not that tree anymore. You can get up there. And as an example, I recall, especially during COVID, but I did a number of, you know, let's say keynotes and town halls to the team just to put myself in front of the team and let them know who I am, make sure I was accessible, make sure everyone knew where we're going. Not that I didn't trust my leaders. In fact, they had a part to play in that as well. But we want to break down those silos where it's this department, that department, and the CEO is unreachable and, and all these things that kind of happen. It doesn't need to be that way today. I think there's a ton there. You can use technology in so many ways and certainly automating the business and, and scaling your efficiencies and, and all those things. But I would say to the leaders out there, use the technology and get out there. Like Get out there. Not only, you know, I'll go to marketing for a minute. I believe you're marketing to three folks. You're marketing certainly to your prospects, but also to your clients and also to your team. So use technology and get out there and, and give voice to the culture of your business and and the personality of your your business and organization and technology can help you do that. There's no reason not to at this point. It's really interesting point you make about how technology now is allowing maybe over communication, right? You know, th- there's a plethora of tools and platforms that people communicate over and it can be a, a bit problematical because a lot of companies have different tools and, and so on and so forth. However, the thing I really like is that you can communicate anytime, any place, anywhere. You don't have to be formal now. Those days are gone. You don't have to sit there in your shirt, tie, and suit if you don't want to and formally communicate, crossing the, your, your T's, dotting your I's, formally communicate to your team. You can do things on the move. And as things happen, you might be boarding a plane and you just want to get a message out to either somebody or a team of people. And you can just do a quick video recording and hit send on WhatsApp and, and send that video to them. You can do it to your your community. You mentioned that people communicate with with kind of three groups and they're all communities nowadays. You've got your, your, your own team, that's a community. You've got your existing clients and you should never forget those guys. And you've got your prospects and there literally is no excuse, but you can be really imaginative as to how you can communicate with those people. You know, Guy, let me take this another direction. That same concept. Dale, you're an executive coach. You, you help bring the best out of the leaders. You help get them to perform at their best. Sometimes technology can be a distraction as well, right? But what are some of the key things related to technology or not, that you want to instill in your leaders when you, when you get them into your hands to, to start to shape them into becoming stronger, better leaders? What, what are some of the key things you, you start with them at? What are the key issues? One of the biggest things I'll say I get the most feedback on is, and it's one of the tenets of my success philosophy, is establishing clarity, right? You know, understanding what are you trying to get accomplished? And even to Guy's point with technology, and that brings about our intentionality, right? Like, yeah, yeah, we can communicate and send videos to our team all day long, but why? So I think it's really important to bring some clarity to what you're trying to get accomplished and how can you use technology to get that done. At the same time, you know, we can record videos and send out the WhatsApps to the team or whatever, but we don't want to do it every 
five minutes and do it about the socks we're wearing today. And there's no real agenda or game plan or, or spirit of, of service or intentionality, so to speak. So three of my big things with the leaders is I help them establish clarity, right? Who they are, what makes them successful, and how do they want to interact with other people? You know, what makes them great? What makes them successful and how do they want to show up for their people? How do they want to be present? Do they want to be encouraging? What is it? And I want to bring clarity to who they are. So we have a baseline. So we know how they want to show up. And sometimes that's aspirational. They describe the aspirational version of them so that because we're here to grow. I don't, I'm not here. I'm here to push. I'm here to challenge my clients and leaders to be better. So I want to talk about where they feel they're falling short and bring some clarity to that. And then the second thing is really all about courage. And you may have heard me say this on LinkedIn, but every organization has integrity as one of their core values, right? Integrity, integrity. Integrity is par for the course, right? Like if you're not showing up with integrity, you shouldn't be here anyway. So we don't even need to put it on the wall anymore. Integrity me showing up or is doing what's right even when no one's looking. I challenge people to have courage, especially in this day and age, where which is doing what's right even when everyone is looking. Right. It's it's the leaders that are going to show up and tell the hard truths of what we're facing in COVID and how we need to change and and what our standards are. And despite the judgment, being a leader's hard. And you've got to have courage to rise up and square two to those challenges. And and I guess the other thing is just letting them know lead the way. You know, we we mentioned like the impact that leaders have earlier. You can do that positively by setting the example, but you also need to know that the things you say and and do have a multiplier on it, right? When you the way you talk to your team, the way you talk to your employees and things like that, it delivers differently than others in the organization. It's I tell leaders you're swinging a heavy stick and you need to be mindful of, you know, how you're reacting to things, how you're working with people, how you're talking to people because it's got a lasting effect. It goes back to that saying, right? They'll, they'll never remember what you said, but they'll always remember how how you made them feel. And I bring that up just in this time of the great resignation, so to speak, and all these folks like looking for other opportunities. They're looking for people they can trust, people they want to work with and spend eight hours a day engaging with and so on. And I, I think as a leader, you really need to understand that because I, I think oftentimes people who grow in leadership positions or maybe start a firm and now they've got 10 people working for them or more and, and they're still operating as that solopreneur mindset. Maybe they're just reacting differently, maybe not as their best selves and things like that. And and there's fallout and that fallout might not be tomorrow. Everyone might not quit tomorrow, you know, when you lose it in a team meeting, but they might start looking for a new job tomorrow. And that that net effect might happen in, in two, three weeks, two, three months down the line. So we've always got to be aware of who we are and how we're showing up as well. And there's that old saying, people don't quit companies, they quit their leaders. Yeah, quit I believe it. I believe it. Absolutely. This has just been a great conversation. And I just want to circle all the way back that you're from Lion's Guide. And if you could just give us some insight of how you started that, how do you join uh, the podcast that you're on, any type of insight on that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, despite guys description, I'm not really a tech nerd. I can make your laptop stand up and do a backflip maybe, but I, you know, it, what drove me is my ability to serve others with what I know. And when I retired out of the tech business, you know, I said, man, I've got 20 years of leadership experience as a high performer. And then I've got this belief, you know, I believe if you want to be a good leader, you got to be a high performer. How can I go help entrepreneurs, business owners, and organizational leaders level up? Because honestly, I don't think anyone on this call or anyone listening can deny like the world 
we can only save the world through better leadership, man. You know, where there's just God awful, toxic and bad leadership everywhere. And we've got to all start being better leaders, even if it's just of ourselves. Taking all that that I've learned, just like when I started Corsica Tech, which is the company I founded, I want to go, hey, the things I know now, how can I go serve other leaders and help them be better? So AllianceGuide.com, I've got a website. If you want to visit it, I do a podcast about this topic where I talk to other high performers, Alliance Guide podcast. And uh, other than that, I run high performance leader workshops and that run for uh, weekly, 12 weeks at a time, again, for entrepreneurs, business owners, or other organizational leaders. And I do that. I, I challenge them. I challenge their thinking. I, I help them establish their own clarity. I'm not here to tell people what to do. I'm here to help them find their own formula, so to speak. And, and that's it. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Guy, I wanted to get your closing thought in. It sounded it looked like it was intriguing, if nothing else. Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest issues that leaders are going to face in the next couple of decades onwards is that the pace of change being led by technology is huge. There's going to be more change in the next 10 years than probably the last somewhere between 50 and 100 years. So one of the big problems that leaders face is their own ability to adapt to these changes. That's the first thing. And the second thing, I think, is helping their teams deal with the change, the constant change and the the new stuff that comes out. And to be a top organization, you have to strike the balance between being at the forefront of what's happening, but constant change can be disruptive as well. So there's kind of a balance there. So, you know, I was just going to make the point that I think adaptability from both a leadership point of view and from your team's point of view is going to be a critical problem for leaders to deal with over the next few years. And I think that's spot on to what Dale deals with, Guy. What I took away from Dale's conversation today was that each one of us as a leader has a gift. Dan Sullivan would call it unique ability. My father would call it your God-given talents. All of us have that thing we do really well. And I think, Dale, what you try to do is bring out each individual's greatness and let them lead from that greatness. And I, and I think that's what we do need more of in the world. And I, I think... I think you're a testament to that. And again, I have a, another saying. Actually, I think this one was from Dan Sullivan, too, that I absolutely love. He always says, don't ever take advice from someone who hasn't done it. You've got a great history of being in the military and progressing very quickly in that environment, which we all know is very difficult. And then coming out and starting your own business after being basically a punk when you went in, but you come out as an entrepreneur, you create a business successful and sell it off. That's that's the dream of every entrepreneur. So Thank you for your time today. I'll give you the closing thoughts. You nailed it. And that's it. That sums it up. And that's what I'm out here to do is help people establish clarity, build their courage and confidence, and, and as a result, take charge and lead the way. Great. Well, thank you, Dale. We will have your contact information up on our website as well. Lisa, I'll let you wrap and close. Absolutely. Again, listeners, thank you for joining us today for the Legal Community Podcast. Once again, Dale Walls, our guest, thanks for joining us. He is from Lions Guide. You can find lionsguide.com, learn everything about Dale, and you can check out the podcast that he hosts and whatnot. So thank you again for everyone. Have a wonderful day. you for listening to the legal community podcast we'd love to hear from you visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show we'll see you next time